Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about it. We need to Louis. talk to someone about it. <laughs> Gotta Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Kauna people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and any First Nations Bluey fans who are joining us today. <laughs> Kate! Welcome back to New Bowling. How are you going? Oh, yes, we're still here. That is a good sign, I feel. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, When are we, though? Like, really? <laughs> I feel like after this episode that we're recapping today, past the parcel, is it the 80s? Are the 80s back? <laughs> This is how you're supposed to play it. This isn't the 80s, Pat. I'm going to call it now. I think this was the most conversation starting episode of the new drop. Um, There was clickbait articles galore circulating around like major news titles in Australia. I think led by the Western Australian who like did this big analysis on pass the parcel and whether or not um, (laughs) the people in Bluey were like calling us a nation of squibs. Um, So I think this is a really good one to unpack because A, so many childhood memories, but B, is this a real statement on our give everyone a ribbon culture? Uh, Is Lucky's dad going to change the fate of birthday parties for every Australian (laughs) child? We know Bluey has already changed the world. Yes. Lucky's dad, I feel like, has it in him as well. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> I feel this is going to be his legacy, really. Like, uh, Well, the first of many legacies to come because, <laughs> yeah, I think it's well established that we could never have too much Lucky's dad and now Lucky's whole family as well. Oh, uh, but this was so many firsts in this episode. I'm so happy. Yeah, I think um, – <laughs> That was what I was most excited about, like getting to meet who else is behind the fence um, and not getting pounced on or attacked at every opportunity. (laughs) None of this present every layer business. Put one big present in the middle. Winner gets that. Well, what about everyone else? We'll have to suck it up. That's not how it's done anymore, Pat. Yeah, so this is kind of like a Lucky's Dad episode, I was going to say. Would you agree? I'd say the first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And about um, bloody time. What a legend. We've been calling for more Pat in our <laughs> lives for a long time now. Yeah, it's uh, definitely the most we've ever found out about him. Um, this episode uh, is um, the first of the new season to introduce a couple of new characters. Now, one of them is the mysterious Janelle, mm. who had been a bit of a ghost in previous seasons. And um, I think a couple of weeks ago in Promises, I was talking about uh, my obsession with TV tropes and apparently the ghost, the character who's constantly referred to but never gets seen, is a well-established TV trope. Mm. But Janelle, ghost no more. And Lucky has a little sibling as well. I know, Chucky. Lucky and Chucky. So (laughs) Now, perhaps I wasn't watching closely enough, but does Chucky get called Chucky in this episode? or did you know that just from socials? I thought he got called Chucky and then it was maybe on the fridge, but now I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, because I saw um, 
uh, our regular correspondent, Costa Kossab, one of the art directors, post on Twitter that um, he was very excited to be involved designing these two new characters, yeah. Janelle and Chucky. And, yeah, that this episode was a favourite of his for getting to create some birthday party locations as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, already need to rewatch, and we're five minutes into the episode. So. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it might have been on the invitation and maybe does Janelle say just I can't remember if she refers to for Chucky's party when, mm, when she's doing the passport. Anyway. Yeah. I was too busy being distracted by Janelle's amazing accent yes. um, that is straight out of central Queensland because it is Anna Daniels, oh. the uh, Australian author who's from that part of the world. Uh, Journo as well. Hampton, I believe. Yes. Yeah, former Journo turned. I must admit I haven't read her books, but mm. I get a kind of uh, literary romance vibe. Mm. Is, that, is that what she writes? That's what I'm sensing. What's the title? <laughs> I've I've followed her on Twitter because I'm you know we've got something in common. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Girl in Between is the name of her it. book. Best Aussie, one of Australia's best selling debut novels. Aussie um, comedy drama set in Rocky, not not Rockhampton, <laughs> Rocky. Looks like she's uh, going to do. Yeah, listening outside of Australia, uh, Rockhampton slash Rocky is Australia's beef capital. Hosts the uh, Great Beef Week every few years, um, and yeah, I've spent a lot of time up there. So, look, I wouldn't say I. I it's possible uh, the home of many comedic romances as well. <laughs> uh, couldn't couldn't definitively comment on that, but yes. So happy to know that book is based in Rockhampton. I will be looking it up and mm. reading it post haste. Yeah. Um, she was so excited on Twitter. It was kind of adorable, like the joy. <laughs> she was, yeah, really celebrating that debut as uh, Lucky's mum. I'm putting my foot down, Janelle. We're raising a nation of squibs. Fine, but you're handling it. No worries. You watch. This will blow their minds. And Very she gets exciting. a bit to say yeah. as well because if we start getting into the plot, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we see the first birthday party is Leela's yep. uh, at the park with Mum Sheila um, handing over uh, past the parcel duties to Lucky's dad and we see um, <laughs> We see Janelle starting to look a bit concerned even as that's playing out before we get into what's really happening behind closed doors in Lucky's house. Uh, yeah, where, <laughs> where did the start of this episode take you, Kate? <laughs> we haven't really known much about Pat because he's just been the neighbour over the fence but always willing and, you know, loves his sport clearly um, and his mm-hmm. rugby and his Aussie tunes. But um, I really got some tradey vibes, like right from the word yes. go, because he was like hyping himself up as well, like good one, Pat. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> I'm really struggling with the touch code. I was like, oh, maybe like, you know, like he's a tradie, lost a bit of feeling in his fingers after all that manual labour. So Is that what happens to tradies? Yeah, well, then later we see him with that paint-covered tape deck and I'm just like, Yes. That is that is a quintessential nod to a trait, surely. Like, who else has an old CD player covered in paint? 
In Australia, those are actually <laughs> often referred to as the tradie tranny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's odd. But, uh, like but tradie as in tradesman yeah. and tranny as in transistor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, they, the more paint splattered, the better. I think it helps <laughs> with reception for, you know, the, the all rock radio you're listening to or whatever. You also just seem to have um, old school values, which I was kind of here for. Like, you know, like, oh, this is just wrong. Like, I don't even know what a squib is, to be honest, but Pat is definitely not one. Like, <laughs> I, I knew that coming into this episode. So we see this first round of Pass the Parcel and everyone's getting a prize. Everyone seems happy, but yeah, except Pat, really. Yeah, too easy, Sheila. Ready, kids? I'll just close my eyes. Uh, Pat, no. You have to stop on each kid once. What? Why? So everyone gets a prize. But how can everyone get a prize? There's just one in the middle. No, there's a prize in each layer. What? So no one misses out. Hey, Bandit, you hearing this? Yeah, where you been, mate? Stop the music, Dad! Look, when I was a kid, there was only one... Stop the music! Okay, I'll stop! But this is not how you play past the parcel. You know, yeah, like, like, like yeah, he's Pat missed something. Is getting no support from anyone, yeah. and after all the support he's given Bandit, I was a bit betrayed by that remark from Bandit. He could have been a bit more there for him, <laughs> but um, but I guess that just highlights how out on his own he was with his uh, pass the parcel principle. <laughs> Um, yeah, like the whole "where have you been" kind of lines. I was just like, yeah, "Why is he getting ribbed?" Because let's flash back, Mary, to the nineteen eighties, mm-hmm. where you know we were in our birthday party, five year old prime. Yes, pass the parcel. Everyone get a prize, or was it just one present in the middle? Uh, so. Yeah, better present in the middle, but I reckon in the eighties we were having something fell out at every level, at every layer. Um, yeah, I reckon we were. You? I reckon we had like a very small prize, like maybe like a chocolate or something in between layers, yeah. and then the one present in the middle. Okay, so yeah, yeah. what eighties is Pat talking about? Because <laughs> yeah, I, my dad raised this with me that he remembered that uh, past the parcel in our family had had layers of prizes so yeah I remember maybe 1981 before we were born (laughs) but perhaps yeah perhaps different parties different but then do you remember like there were always techniques when you're playing past the parcel like you know like you grab it quickly but then really slowly pivot to the next person like especially in the later rounds where you're like we could be getting close Definitely, and you see that strategy play out even in this yeah, episode. Yeah, but I'm so thinking clearly that's been handed down through the ages. But how did we know those <laughs> techniques if we were going to get a prize anyway? So maybe the prize wasn't oh, guaranteed. Yeah. Well, look, the thing—it's a balancing act, isn't it? Because if the prize in the middle is better, that you don't, which you don't necessarily know, mm. uh, you you want that prize in the middle. But as a five-year-old, you just want the prize as soon as possible yeah. so you just want it to stop on you as soon as possible so <laughs> there's a lot of complex strategy at play in pass the parcel time for pass the parcel <laughs> Hooray! okay kids and parents 
Jasper has asked that we play Pass the Parcel by Lucky's Dad's Rules. Oh. They're not my rules. Where did you used to have your birthday parties, Mary? So at home, um, yeah, in, in my big family, um, our birthdays went uh, twins in March, um, next sister down in April, uh, next brother down in May, me in June. Mm. So um, that was the first five of us. So you can pretty much put up <laughs> the decorations in March and leave them there till June. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, very much parties at home. I think I had one party maybe at a roller skating rink. Oh, that's which very turned out brand. to be very on brand. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, the I love a party at home. Like I still love it. Yeah. And yeah, not getting that very much um in these covid eras as well. No. So bring it back eventually. Uh probably not anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> we used to do um because my dad loves trains and mm-hmm. there, the the Hungry Jacks in the town where we lived had an tr- old train carriage. Thinking back, yep. was probably definitely not workplace health and safety approved. Like it's literally someone dumped an old tram or carriage <laughs> in like this. Anyway, so we had a That's lot of hilarious. parties there and I always mm-hmm. remember it was like the – the big debate of who do you invite to your birthday party that was also like a big um like scare tactic with my younger sister like you know like if you, ah. you know you did that thing and I'm not inviting you to my birthday party there were tears right okay so so you were using that within the family I remember that getting thrown around the school oh, yeah, yeah. a lot and actually it's even very effective popping its head up at daycare that oh, um, really? debate about parties and who's getting invited and who isn't which is horrible but I think from just what we've seen of birthday parties within the Blueyverse, uh, working out invitees is obviously very complicated because I cannot work out how they work it out. <laughs> uh, convenient for the purposes of this episode hmm. that the same half a dozen kids get invited to every party yeah, but, so they all know what's I, going on. Did you notice with the last party that um, like clearly Bluey had had some of her friends invited as well and that was a standard party move, you know, that well, it was Bluey's are- party. Oh, yeah, true. Sorry. <laughs> but, but we've already seen in Handstand Bingo's party, Had, which was majority Bluey's that, friends. That is fair. And now, yeah, but Bluey gets to invite her friends. But now, yeah, good to see that Bingo had some friends at Bluey's party, <laughs> which I think, yeah, that's the standard move. You keep the little kid entertained so they're yeah, not just give harassing it, give the, everyone uh, a friend. kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everyone a friend. That is oh, just such that. a good motto. Anyway. Moving on. Okay, so so let's get into yep. the Pat yep. argument yep. that the he's still carrying this chip on his shoulder uh, as they prepare for Chucky's party, um, however many days, weeks down the track, that pass the parcel just isn't right if everyone gets a prize. Yep. I love that he's a man of principles and he's just like... <laughs> I'm sticking with my guns on this. Like he's yeah. been warned. Like the red flags and are there, and Janelle's like, well, "You're you're running with this, then." So yeah, look, it's he's definitely got all the warnings. But um, 
man of his principles and persistent uh, <laughs> until, uh, so first party was. Um, <laughs> I just love the confidence though. Like how he was like, you watch, this is going to blow their minds. <laughs> like, oh, just... uh, playing the long game. Yeah. So, yeah, we get, so should have said Leela's party was at a park it looked like. Yeah. But, um, yeah, upgrade for uh, Chucky's party or in the play centre, which was already giving me jitters, let alone, you know, uh, have, controversial games have of past not missed play centres, like really, like, yeah. <laughs> well, my kids have, it's all they talk about. <laughs> Ready for pass the parcel? Yeah! We're going to mix this up a bit, kids. You're going to love it. Go! See now, I'm not looking. I'm just going to push this button at any time. Yay, bingo! I can't find the present. Ah, uh, yep, that's right. So we see the pass the parcel um, moment arrive and it doesn't take very long for the fallout to start and it's kind of adorable but kind of heartbreaking. It starts with bingo. <laughs> it's the first little dog to run off in tears. Lucky's dad, where's the present? Ah, now, you see? There isn't one. There's just one big present in the middle. What? Yeah, what? We're playing it the proper way. We get an amazing look from Chili at this point. Bingo's like, what? And, yeah, (laughs) Chili is just, yeah, just absolute tiger mum in there. Yeah, what? (laughs) And, yeah, it's how to get children and parents offside. It's pretty much just a a 101 instructional that we get but <laughs> I, I did you ever hear the interview with um bluey creator joe brum and maggie dent who isn't um yes yeah parental as anything host because they talked about this exact situation which joe was like his dad and yeah and he said that two kids including his ran off screaming <laughs> so <laughs> He was like, so, no prizes in the layers. Yeah. One big <laughs> so present not surprising in the middle. Then that it's bingo running off screaming. Yeah, um, there's definitely I did experience. listen to that episode, yeah. and this was way back, I reckon, early 2000. 2000? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, early 2019. Yeah. That this interview happened and aired, still, still on um, the Parental Is Anything podcast, if people want to go back and listen. But what I took away with, from that was Joe was clearly like wrangling with it. How do you work this into a plot line? Mm. Uh, but Maggie's like, well, can I tell you how I would respond? Mm-hmm. And in that episode, it pretty much lays down the response that Chili and Bandit are giving in those car sequences mm. after the parties as uh, Bingo has to deal with the disappointment of Lucky's dad's rules over and over again, which, um, yeah, obviously, yeah, Joe went into that podcast to be interviewed but came out taking notes, I reckon. <laughs> well, that was fun, wasn't it? Yes, except for Pass the Parcel. I don't like Lucky's dad's rules. Yeah, it's hard when you don't win. Yes, it is. Maybe next time. Because, yeah, I think Maggie was talking about how important it is when kids lose to validate that yucky feeling that they have just to go, yep, yeah, you lost, but, yeah, it feels horrible, doesn't it? And, like, losing is uncomfortable. But then there's also that question around resilience 
And um, I think this is where all those clickbaity articles were sort of delving into. Are we doing children in particular a disservice by not allowing them to lose? <sighs> yeah. Because, you know, as Pat was trying to say, because just like in life. <laughs> well, tries to say, but not long no, after that, he's just he's um, making it out rain. the $5 bucks everywhere. <laughs> Okay, you won five bucks. Here, and so did you. Everyone wins five bucks. Wait, who could break a 20? <laughs> um, and how about that reaction from Chucky when he starts to try and give away the presents? Oh, <laughs> it's just frozen. <laughs> like, yeah, that was classic, like, yeah, face explosion cartooning <laughs> right there. Um, I think, yeah, that might have been the most dramatic reaction I've ever seen in Bluey. <laughs> but, yeah, so obviously, like, all goes to hell in a handbasket. Does anyone learn resilience in that first iteration, do you think? Or is there a message about <laughs> resilience over the long term as well? Yeah, I think it's probably more about like because we, we do see the evolution over time. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a pretty clear acknowledgement that when you start anything like that, it's going to be pretty fraught for the first implementation phase um, and changing true, changing true. The but you know if you'd asked jasper he would have said it was awesome so <laughs> well, he did yeah. um and yeah luckily uh jasper w who we know from uh, bob bilby bob bilby yeah. is he the one that does karate karate possibly um or likes Australian rules football. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one, one of, of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, his party next, and yeah, lucky for Lucky's dad, he's uh got the big request. This is actually, I'm going to call it Jasper's mum, and the conversation she has with Jasper at this table while she's doing the pass the parcel. To me, this is the Brene Brown moment of the episode. Mum, where's my- ah, out, out. Why? I'm wrapping past the parcel for your birthday tomorrow. Oh, can you do it Lucky's dad's way? With only one present in the middle? Yeah, but as good as this one. Honey, that was a bit of a disaster. No, it was awesome. Please. Time for past the parcel. Hooray! Okay, kids and parents. I just thought she's seen how the last one played out. But she's still willing to honour her son's wishes in that moment and stay really true to what he wants because it would have been so easy as a parent to, you know, really be like, no, we're not doing that, that was a disaster. And she would have been, you know, there's a lot of judgment that would have come in, I'm sure, particularly from the other parents <laughs> after, like, oh, seeing yeah. that whole show go down. Um so I thought that was actually a really brave and amazing move that she did to persist with Lucky's dad's rules, knowing, like, you know, for Lucky's dad it was an unknown outcome and he was like, this is going to mm-hmm. be great. She knows it's not going to be great, but she's going to do it anyway because that's what her son wants. And I just I thought that that was a lovely little parenting thing, you know, like, it wasn't something that was going to hurt anyone or, you know, I think, you know, yeah, like that's a that's, good example of finding that balance. Totally. Um, yeah. 
it's hard to find ways to say yes to your kids sometimes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, and yeah, especially but, when you know the outcome could see you being really badly judged by other parents. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, is the main threat of birthday parties. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Because do you think that there's a lot of pressure on parents at birthday parties? Because I've definitely, I've seen two camps. There are definitely parents who go all out and like color coordinated themes and decorations like Billy Joel amazing example you know like just <laughs> yes. full town bluey uh for his 2 year old's birthday or something like that. two or three yeah. yeah yeah definitely younger years yeah, yeah but like you've got those people and then you've got probably the more traditional like just have something in the backyard and very low key or in the park and low key um mm i can- I don't know if is it expectation or is it? I think Pinterest has a lot to answer for. for your own. Yeah, like but I've definitely yeah. been at some where you turn up and there's like petting zoos and dessert buffets, <laughs> and you're just like they're one. They want you're not doing this for the child. Uh, well, do you think there might have been a petting zoo in the background of uh, <laughs> jumping ahead when yeah. we see muffins? <laughs> Definitely. You see the pony lady, which is a nice return. So shocked. Yeah. (laughs) It's not for me. Lollipop. Yeah. Let's jump through the parties here because we start in the park and then play centre for both Chucky and for Jasper. Yeah. Uh, water park for Buddy, which is apparently uh, the Wynnum Whale Park. Uh, love these Queensland yeah. institutions that are water parks where you just go and water shoots out of the ground and your kid is entertained for days. Like it's amazing. Such a thank you, science, for whatever it is <laughs> that makes water shoot out of the ground because, yep, amazing. Um, we're back home uh, in a very nice home for uh, little Pom Pom's birthday um, with a view of Story Bridge out the mm-hmm. window. Um, and then Muffin is looks a bit parky, but yeah, a bit petting zoo, uh, rideable unicorn kind of <laughs> scenario too. And then um, at home by the pool uh, as well. So. You know, we're really. I'd love to know what sort of time frame this this huge run of birthday parties is in, because in my head it's just every weekend, and I'm traumatized at the thought. I think it's quite stretched out because I mean, we don't get all the date details on the invitation because they show the mm, invitation true. on the fridge before the party. Yes, yeah. But one of them definitely says September, and I'm pretty sure another one says November. So, okay, yep. I mean, that's a we're looking at at least a three-month spread, I reckon. Okay, yeah, I, I'm more comfortable with that. Uh, <laughs> that is a great relief to me. <laughs> uh, Post-COVID, well, not post-COVID, but, uh, yeah, if we ever get post-COVID, yeah, I'm already feeling that, like, weekends are going to fill up again. Uh, no, there, <laughs> I don't know if I can deal. There haven't been very many benefits to COVID at all, and I don't want to sound trite about it, but it has been nice to have more unscheduled time for us as a family anyway. Yeah. We've probably, especially because we're in a bit of a bubble at the moment and trying not to get COVID, um, definitely wound back on the keep it up. <laughs> but it's really nice. And I don't know, I'm really enjoying it. So 
probably some teachable teachings in there about me and trying to overschedule stuff. (laughs) Perhaps kids, like what is the innovation here to be made? Perhaps, you know how all horses have the same birthday? Perhaps we could just do that for kids, just one day a year, that's your birthday, kid. We'll all come together. All horses have the same birthday? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I know how weird that sounds. I'm not an idiot that thinks just once a year all the horses are born. (laughs) um so but they're celebrated first, they're celebrated <laughs> first is uh celebrated as the birthday of all horses and the reasoning is because um when horses were placed in races according to their age it's easier to have them all just on the same birthday so you just go by year uh, rather than considering like this one's you know uh, like, but this is so one, flawed. One, Eleven months. <laughs> this is so flawed. You can have a one I, month I, old. I this decision, month old. Okay, so you're saying it's flawed for horses, so it wouldn't work for kids. Are we absolutely ruling this out? <laughs> Just think, you could all get together, have one big party, and free up so many weeks. It sounds like a super spreader event. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> Everything's a super spreader event, okay? <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, okay. We'll we'll park that one until at least when we're out of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, but you know, back pocket. I love where this conversation's okay. gone. Um, <laughs> throughout all these parties, we've seen Bingo losing over and over and over mm-hmm. again and past the parcel. And um, but you know, like you see subtle shifts. So with every party, there's less screaming and more like um, tactics being used in pass the puzzle. Yes, the point smart. where uh, we hear people say "hooray" when they say we're playing Lucky's Dad's Rules, and Pat oh. exclaiming, "Did they say hooray?" Like that's the real turning <laughs> point. I feel. Um, yeah, the music definitely lifts at that point. Like it's quite jubilant. Yeah. Um, Another shift that we're kind of seeing in very slow steps is how the kids support each other through mm. it. And particularly, I love, we see right at the start, Bingo and Leela sitting next to each other and getting the same bracelets just to really drive home that kind of, you know, best friend, adorable friendship that they have uh, that has been so well set up in other episodes. But yeah, we're also seeing Bingo as she grows resilience build some of that resilience from seeing her friends win Mm. and from having kind of empathy for them when they do lose as well and that's I think that's such a huge part of the resilience building that you don't just you know put someone in the corner and say build resilience you do it within community and I, oh, you know, yes. such a subtle thing in this episode but I love it yeah that is so true and it's interesting to hear the kids parroting what they must have heard from the adults as well you know like bandit saying oh sorry bingo you know and then she's saying oh sorry Leela yeah yeah yes yeah Yeah. exactly so they are taking Um, those messages on board and um yeah as much as you're not even sure if they're hearing it over the screams initially (laughs) (laughs) which very relatable I, I love that line from Chili too I think you're getting quite good at losing like seriously that's probably an under rated skill you know we're so focused on teaching our kids all these other things are we teaching them about losing well um trying to (laughs) i'm sorry you didn't win past the parcel bingo it's okay i don't mind really yeah when leela is happy i'm happy oh bingo maybe next time I still remember it's, going away with you to Phillip Island and um, the kids playing Hungry Hungry Hippos and then age, oh, yeah. age after every game, 
your husband was sitting them down saying, so we, now we shake and we say good game. And like there were some very oh. grumpy faced good games. You know, but- oh, good game fury. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah, all the flashbacks. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know if my kids are getting better at losing over time. We like, it's fun, you know, I think. Hungry Hippos is one of those first games that you play that's competitive mm. um, when you're little and, and yes, very competitive. But possibly ironically in the light of this episode, <laughs> we've got the new game, um, the new Bluey game that is... Shadowlands? Uh, no, Shadowlands is the old one. Oh. And apparent, and I think it's safe to say now, the like the reviews are in. It was terrible. <laughs> like no one even understood how it worked. The board didn't work. Um, sorry to anyone who's got Shadowlands in the toy, like in the present cupboard waiting to hand it out. But like if Shadowlands is even still in the market, I'd be surprised. But the new one is Scavenger Hunt. Mm. And it's actually a game with multiple players where you move around the board, but you're all working together more or less mm. to beat the clock to bedtime oh. and, you know, get all the, you you know, whatever you do, like you pick up cards a bit like it looks a bit like a Monopoly setup, but you pick up cards and uh, there's a trivia card or a challenge card. So you might have to find something in the room that's blue or something like that. So there's lots of leaping up and going and doing things or pretend to be a granny, for instance. Oh. So lots of fun and lots of like, you know, everyone helping each other to do the thing you've got to do. Oh, I like this. Um, yeah. So lovely and, yeah, also lovely that no fights at the end over who won. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's teamwork building still and possibly empathy building and, yeah, look, you can't, you know, not everything has to be building resilience, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> Bluey, how do you want to do Pass the Parcel tomorrow? Um, I'll let Bingo choose. Really? Thanks, Bluey. Which way do you want to play, Bingo? Hmm. Where are we up to? <laughs> so we're seeing the invitation for Bluey's birthday. Um, how exciting. <gasps> this is the first time we see Bluey Sea Healer. And this is yes. before in later episodes it is revealed what her middle name was. I, I remember texting you very excitedly going, what could the sea mean? <laughs> and I think we sort of landed yes. on Chili. At that time? Well, yeah, that was my first theory. Off the back of Dad Baby, perhaps, that, you know, they decided to, because um, Bandit was so impressed with Chili's uh, birthing. Fortitude, uh, yes. That Chili got in there as the middle name. Um, But, yeah, it's in um, the family meeting meeting, that we find out uh, Bluey Christine healer. Which, were you surprised? I was surprised because Christine's quite an old name and then I wasn't surprised because Chris is um, Joe Brum's mum's name and she voices Nana Healer and I think she's called Chris on the show as well. So. Yeah, I think even in Handstand, the blue, uh, the bingo party episode, um, yeah, Trixie calls her Chris. Yep. So, yeah, yep. So, so cute. Adorable. Uh, and so, yep. Uh, awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, that's very official way to uh, present a birthday party invitation, yeah. Louis C. Healer, but love that little hint. Um, and, yeah, we're birthday party in the backyard. Yeah. So I'm loving that for Bluey. Loving that it After too. all the places we've been, nice to just return home and uh, wrap this up, so <laughs> to speak. Um, so nice as well because – 
Bluey has allowed Bingo to choose how they're going to play pass the parcel. And we've seen Bingo losing over and over and over again. So she yeah. can go within her rights uh, to choose, you know, perhaps to get a prize in every layer. Yeah. But then the collective joy when they reveal, hang on, there's nothing. Ah. <laughs> oh. I think it's only fitting to let Lucky's dad do the honours. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Oh, righto. Good on yous. Which rules are we playing, Bluey? I left it up to Bingo to choose. Did you choose Lucky's dad's rules? You'll see. Well, Bingo, whatever way is okay with me. What happened to raising a nation of squibs? Oh, look, let them have some fun. What a cliffhanger. That's brilliant. But yes, uh, such, such a good reveal as well. And, yeah, the fact that Pat is getting to do the honours, yes. um, <laughs> it's, it's all come home beautifully. Let's get a bit rockin', eh? Oh, yeah, this is a good song. Lucky Dad! Oh, yeah, sorry. Nothing! Lucky Dad rules! In that moment of playing the game, is this a good time to talk about music, yeah, Kate? I think because it might be. oh my gosh, <laughs> um, I think like every episode of music in Bluey is amazing, but this one I think has something really special about it because of the volume, the sheer volume of work that would have gone into doing this. So the main theme that we hear throughout is um, a song called Country Garden, which um, was actually like a traditional English folk song uh, that was mm-hmm. used by Morris Dancing. I don't know if you've ever seen them. We actually lived in the south of England for a while, so we used to see them at um like May Day dances and things, uh-huh. um, but they're, they're people who dress up and they've got like sticks and bells. It's quite strange to be honest. And they they dance sort of in like like as formations, um, knocking the sticks together or ringing bells, and um, it's all and to fiddles and very. Are funky. they maypole dances as well, yes. or is that a whole different sect of dances? No, okay, no, maypole so dances all the same. As well. yeah. So um, yeah, so um, so when we moved to the south west of England, I worked at the local paper. Um, mm-hmm. It was, thinking back now, it was quite audacious. I really just rocked up at the local paper and said, I'm a journalist from Australia, do you have work? <laughs> and, okay. and the newspaper. They were lucky to have you. Yeah, well, the, the assistant to the editor had a cousin in Brisbane, which she was like, oh, yeah, ah. start tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um but I think they took great delight in hindsight sending this, I was, how old was I? I was 22, this 22-year-old girl who knew absolutely nothing about English life. I got sent to every county fair, every, um, like, sort of cultural event oh. <laughs> to be the, like, the, the strange Australian um, turning up and, yeah. and witnessing all of these great cultural institutions because, to be fair, they were probably absolutely sick of doing maypole dancing and stuff. And yeah. I was like, yep. sense of wonder, like going into these <laughs> lovely green meadows and watching people using sticks to dance. Um, anyway, so Country Garden started off as like an English folk tune and then it was popularised um, by the Australian composer Percy Granger, who um, oh, yeah. so he was a child prodigy 
um, became a concert pianist um, in London and was absolutely like very charming, good looking, very talented. And he was quickly taken up um, when he arrived over there um, by wealthy patrons. And um, the Times loved him. There's so many um, beautiful uh, references to that time. But then he became sort of this emergent composer. And one of the main things he did was um, getting these English folk songs um, and then turning them into more um, structured compositions. And one of them was this folk tune that then became Country Garden. And it was a massive hit. Um, Everyone loved it. It became like a stand sort of piece at the proms and things. And then, it, wow. um, yeah, it was a really, really, like, popular thing. I think, like, he's sort of um, arguably his most famous piece. Apparently he, like mo- many rock stars that um, do a famous song, <laughs> concert famous rock just, stars. just yep. hated it by the end. And one, oh. uh, one concert remarked, you know, they kept applauding me and I knew that unless I played Country Garden they wouldn't go home. So... <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so he became very famous for this song and then it was re-recorded, um, I think, like not, let me find the, the year, but it became like a top five hit in the UK with someone who put um, some wording to it. So this is the theme that runs throughout and mm-hmm. it's, um, it's really amazing how they've kind of um, taken this, very staid sort of country garden song because I guess it's sort of almost painting like the song itself was meant to paint an idyllic picture of sort of that outdoorsy lifestyle for for British people mm-hmm. and I think the lyrics um, that were added. Jimmy Rogers um, re-recorded it, like he put lyrics to it and recorded it. Uh, what year is this? Oh, 1961 on the folk okay, song right. world of Jimmy Rogers. And it got to number five in the UK, but it, it's sort of talking, the song lyrics are talking about how it's a darn good life and how Lord made bees and honey and, and um, you know, and we'll go walking and, and all this sort of stuff. So. Like it's, yeah, it's such a familiar song. Like it's, it's almost like a green sleeves, right? Like in my head it was so, the only lyric I would know would be in an English country garden. Yeah. But, but yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, how do I know that? I have no idea. Clearly, thank you to Percy Granger. Yeah, no, so I think arguably one of Australia's most famous international composers just on the basis of this song, which he ended up hating. So, right. Yeah, but it brought him a lot of fame and it made him a lot of cash. So, you know, uh, everyone gets well, a prize, Percy. So, <laughs> Well, I'm sure that will never happen to Joff Bush. No. But, um... but, then, but then on top of doing this instrumentation, right, and having this theme mm-hmm. underneath, almost every round of Pass the Parcel except the first one has had a new piece composed just for the Pass the Parcel game. Like it just oh. blows my mind. So I think there's like maybe four or five different um musical pieces that would have had to be written for this one episode which when you think that most children's songs just literally recycle tiny fragments of the theme (laughs) it's so incredibly detailed and I love it and my favorite one is definitely the pop power 80s ballad that we hear at the end like it's just Bon Jovi it's just Uh, brilliant it's like yeah watching that 
I think it really, the song really had to bring home, you know, Bandit said at the start, this isn't the 80s. Yeah. But now Pat <laughs> it is, is the living 80s. his best 80s life. And, yeah, I was getting strong sort of Boston more than a feeling yes. kind of vibes oh, from it. Um, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yes. Big guitars, uh, big hair. I just, yeah. Uh, so much happiness. Yeah, so love that. You probably... Um, Joff Bush brought in a full team for this as well. <laughs> Did you see in the credits? Joff, David Barber, Jazz Darcy, Lachlan Nicholson, who is uh, Sydney's Pluto Jones, yep. and Steve Peach. So I, do you think would, they just did they one each? Need it because like, there's so much <laughs> yeah. work in every, like, you yep. know, to have all those different elements. Like, you know, it's almost easier just to do one and then expand on one than it would be to come up with, like, five completely different pieces of music so I just (laughs) yeah I'm glad he's got the whole team what a team and um yeah I think the result was phenomenal and it's something that maybe people might not even recognize but it makes such a difference I think to the overall narrative of the story and um remember when we had beautiful Liz Cafray on the show and she was sort of explaining about that music that characters hear on the show and we know that they're hearing it versus the music that we hear and it's like background. So they played that so cleverly by having, you know, music coming out of phones and things that we would have been able to hear. But then, um, you know, having some of the songs sort of like roll into the credits even, you know, like that. (laughs) how like... I was on a high in the final credits of Pass oh. the Parcel. Like, and then with that 80s ballad just continuing, it's like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So good. It was a real, for me, it was a real throwback to Squash and the music of Squash yeah. because that had the real kind of, um, is it eight? bit the or whatever whatever kind oh, yeah. of classic 80s video game yeah, music yeah. Is, which I think was um what they used in kind of Jasper's game but then also the the final kind of face-off you know match is the 80s <laughs> super yeah super hair metal um so yeah that was like this felt like squash but then you know to the nth degree so yeah so happy And even like that little kick right at the end and Pat's like, wait for it. And just like, like the joy, just, yeah, amazing. His joy, but then also Bingo's joy yeah. in that the wait for it. Yes. Finally got the parcel to her and everyone it does turn out if you play the long game gets a prize. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, not a terrible result. No, and I, um, I, it was interesting to see the shift throughout as well with Pat. You know, going from we're raising a nation to squibs to ah, if they want to have fun, that's okay. So they're <laughs> softening on all sides. I think, yeah, yeah, yep, yes. Uh, resilience and empathy uh, go hand in hand, and yeah, per- perhaps Pat develops a bit of empathy <laughs> for the. <laughs> The terrible trials the kids have to face as well. <laughs> hey, uh, Kate, this episode, uh, very rare for Bluey, goes eight minutes, not seven. Mm, really? Oh. Yeah. The which, only other one I know so, is Sleepy Time. Yeah, which only went seven and a half. Does that make this 
30 seconds better than sleepy time or 30 seconds more important? Like Ooh. how do you justify an extra minute of Bluey Look- and how can we get more of it? <laughs> Um, I think that Bluey is such a juggernaut now that they could probably turn around to ABC and say, we want to do a half hour length yeah. special. And they'd be like, great, <laughs> when can we get it? Like, you know. Totally. They've totally, um, yeah, maybe I think everyone would be delighted um, and more than willing to accommodate uh, slightly longer episodes. I mean, I am as a parent. But, I mean, these yeah, things are very complicated. made that minute. Yeah, well, because when we interviewed Joe and he was specifically talking about handstand and the fact that um, the cousins and Leela weren't there because it was just too much to draw everyone into the seven minutes mm. and you can't waste a second, um, clearly it was too much to build this <laughs> past the parcel narrative across however many birthday parties we go to. Um yeah, with or without all the all the correct friends in the room. Yeah, so I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, they didn't have to cut anyone out, and yeah, could just bump up that minute. It was a good decision. Look, they couldn't do it all the time because um, just briefly from like being a television reporter for a number of years, um, like just every minute in the schedule is accounted for and it's such a nightmare if there's like one show that on the one day it's slightly longer that's why they can't do it all the time but on occasions like this it's well worth it I think yeah um I think we've talked about before like our family don't tend to watch just live ABC we'll go on iview and watch on demand so my squib children don't realize that you know there there is a way where you just have to watch what's on yeah um but because when new bluey was dropping we were watching what was on man there are a lot of promo content (laughs) played in the abc lineup so i reckon they could just drop a few ads and get an extra minute of bluey in there most days if uh if Ludo and the team so deigned to give it to us. Yeah, but then the schedulers are like, okay, so on this one day I have to like move everything around rather than Uh, just slotting stuff in. So, yeah. Okay. No, fair, fair. (laughs) I guess I'll try and grow my resilience to deal with this. (laughs) Um, Mary, who's your most valuable player for the episode? Oh, look, I think Bandit and Chili both bring equal amounts of uh, support to Bingo as she does it tough in this episode and extra points to Bandit for bringing snacks home from every party as we see in the car (laughs) as well. But, no, it's Pat. It's got to be Pat and uh, I'm so happy with his trajectory. (laughs) I'm just. Uh, just, Yeah, it's just everything we thought we knew about Pat is realised in this episode, I reckon. (laughs) I'm prepared to back that 100%, Pat, my MVP as well. Yeah. Uh, so good. And hard to pick, like, it's hard for me to pick a line of the episode. Did you have one? I think my favourite one was this, is, this isn't the 80s, Pat. Um, but that was pretty good. It was pretty good. But even like just the, um, that this is just wrong, you know, at the start. Like, it just, <laughs> like, how many times have, as a parent you're just seeing that go, this is just wrong. So, um, yeah, I think probably one of those two. Did you have a favorite line, Mary? Look, yeah, 
the eighties line for me, I think. Um <laughs> even though we've both shot it down with our own uh lived experience <laughs> that it wasn't happening in the eighties, at least at our houses. Uh yeah, I I think that was um especially because we're going to see more of the 80s in uh, episodes to come in this season. Um, yep, I thought that was a very, very nice hint that the 80s are still large in the minds of some parents. What an episode. I think we've gone more than a minute over, just like this episode (laughs) has. But, hey, a really quick one uh, into Mailbag Kate because um, from someone who has absolutely nothing to do with the 80s, we heard from lovely 21-year-old Rebecca um, who is in the UK and checked in, doesn't have kids but watches and re-watches a lot of Bluey. Um, she watches on Disney Plus and went searching for podcasts because she needed uh, to see if anyone else knew how great it was, which we're here for you, Rebecca. Totally here for you, babe. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was lovely to hear from her and how validated she felt that she discovered us. Uh, she especially loves the music discussion. Aww. So uh, thank you, Kate, and asked that, uh, when did we notice when in kids they're at the grocery store, the music kind of sounds like the doot doot noise at the checkout. Oh. Um, uh, she says, let me know if I'm crazy, but I, that does not sound crazy no, to me. I'm sure um, it would be part of it. Like, yeah. What a problem. Uh, We're going to have to rewatch the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, kids is kids is a joy. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I want more doot doot stuck in my head. Um <laughs> She also loves uh, what you share about Liv, Kate, Mm. because um, she's neurodivergent herself and loves to hear it talked about honestly by people who actually understand it. Um, So, yeah, Rebecca, did I say the UK? Rebecca in Michigan, which is definitely not in the UK. That's a long (laughs) way. Lovely to hear from you. Um, It's it's hard to understand the rest of the world at the moment because (laughs) we're so shut off from it. But, um, but yeah. Rebecca, thanks so much for getting in touch. I'm so wrapped that... um, you've been able to connect with us and thanks for being in the wagon. Really. Yeah. And really hey, in Michigan and everywhere else, I really hope season three is coming your way soon. Oh, um, the pain is We real. have no intel. I reckon we're getting asked every day on socials, when are we going to see these new episodes? And I wish we could tell people, but soon, hopefully. Oh, new celebrity fan, Mary. Nick Carter Ooh. from the Backstreet Boys posted on Facebook. <laughs> Hey, I've just been watching this great new show called Bluey, and I'm like, oh, no. that is a full celebrity fan. Oh, this um, is a very exciting one for me because um, my husband sings uh, "Incomplete" every time we do karaoke, and um, you know, ah. I was I was very much into Backstreet Boys as a 15 year old girl. So, have you seen them? Yes, I saw them live um, <laughs> when they did a tour with um, New Kids on the Block as like. Like like a like a 
retro kind of throwback. Uh, it was such a fun concert. They did every 90s trope, like the white suits with the microphones and dancing around. And uh, amazing. It was, it was amazing. And you know what? I mean, I'm glad we got tickets for free, but um, it was just <laughs> really good fun, you know, and, uh, yeah, I was digging it. They did everyone. Uh, they did well, everybody's backstreet clearly, back. You know all the classics. It was great. That is classic, and yep, yeah, clearly Nick has <laughs> excellent taste in his later years at least. So, <laughs> go Nick. Um, Kate, we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on all the socials. We are at Blue Pod on Facebook and instagram you can email us it's bluepod uh, at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter it is bluey podcast uh all of that uh can't wait to hear from you can't wait to talk to you next week kate it has been a resilience building joy <laughs> i'm really <laughs> looking the forward time. to the next birthday oh. party to see what type of oh my parcel comes out oh. okay i have to sneak in one more story because yeah. Seriously, first time we watched this episode, Bon looked at me at the end of it. He's like, Mum, can we play Pass the Parcel, Lucky's Dad Rules? And I'm like, Bon, oh, you've, yep. you've picked up the – yes, of course we can. That would be so good. He's like, and can you stop the music on me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, so yeah, I'm back to the drawing board, building resilience. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's oh, a cultural well. revolution. He learned something from it. If, <laughs> totally. Every birthday party, I reckon. I reckon this is Joe Brum's like um, moment of validation, like after having um, you know kids screaming and running from the, the, the time he attempted it. This is like every child in Australia now is going to understand like his dad's rules and um, and yet yeah, play accordingly. So uh, fun times. Uh, happy thoughts. <laughs> Except on. Um, <laughs> we'll see you running and screaming at the next birthday party. But in the meantime, it's got to be done. Be done. Bye. Me again. Oh, no, that was supposed to be hers. Here, give it here. But it stopped on me, Lucky's dad. Oh man, I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> <laughs>